Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2022, and we thought we'd welcome you in with some House Divided podcast nonsense. Uh, Jeremy, how are you? Doing good. That is a new intro for you. I think it fits our rundown of the show tonight. Well, you you see, Hunter put our producer, uh, well, behind the curtain for all you listeners, uh, our producer, Hunter, added in our intro, and I just realized that it's redundant for me to do an intro right after he introduces us. So I I went with Happy New Year. Um, It it was not a Happy New Year's Eve, though, for me. Uh, uh. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, I was hoping for you to riff off of me. no, no. Yeah, no. Uh, did I freeze up for you? A little bit. Okay. No worries. We're going to work through it, folks. This is a, we're a raw and gritty podcast. Um, yeah. So, so ask me some, so Jeremy didn't get to watch the Michigan game. He was spending New Year's Eve like a normal human and enjoying himself playing cards and whatnot. Yeah. A- ask me your questions about this game because that's, I don't really feel like voluntarily giving up any of this information. It wasn't a fun evening. I'm not that upset about it. I'm sorry. I'm making me no. myself sound worse about it than I am. Well, and before I ask the questions, you shouldn't be. I mean, I've been, I remember like we, like we talked about on the show with Dan last week, like before mm-hmm. the game, like, I mean, I've been in your shoes. Like I, I went through that Alabama game and, as embarrassing as it can be that day or maybe on twitter is kind of annoying like you should never complain about being there um no no for sure no no you can complain if like you're like oklahoma who goes like three times and still never gets past the first round like then you can maybe maybe complain but when is your first one just take your lumps it's not a big deal that's right um so i got it okay so first question because again, so the, to to give the viewers or viewers listeners a little context, played euchre. So I was on Twitter before the game, and basically right around kickoff, like the wife had had enough football for the day. Kid was in bed, just trying to just do euchre and have a little bit of a you know normalcy. And had had my parents over, so we played some euchre TV on in the background. So Twitter pregame, I see the picture of the offensive line, the run the damn ball. You know, which that offensive line should talk their shit. They had a great I forgot about that. What uh so so what I guess that's kind of my first question though. I mean, we haven't really seen an offensive a defensive line tear them up. Like Michigan State beat Michigan this year, yes. But as we talked about with Dan, Michigan got four hundred some yards to the air. So it was not a defensive yeah. thing. What what did Georgia do to really just find me that that offense in the first half because it seems like Michigan uh, they, had long drives they with me. they recruited a bunch of five stars and uh, go, uh no i mean the, I, uh, no jeremy 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 <laughs> they they really weren't racking up drives michigan they no. had one drive to start the game and then okay, failed on a fourth and four and okay. then they got like a drive or two they got a big play here or there 
but the, the offense could not consistently work and they were shooting themselves in the foot when they could to so turnovers, I guess is one, one answer you're looking for. Gotcha. Cade, Cade throws two interceptions, both pretty uncharacteristic, but it's because we haven't seen a team pressure Cade McNamara, like Georgia was able to do. Um, so it turns out the whole country bought this idea that Georgia was mid uh, because they got their ass kicked why. by Alabama. Yeah, no, in retrospect, it feels so ridiculous. We threw but, out um, like three, mo- three months of data of mm-hmm. like, I mean, Oklahoma State having the second best defense and still allowing like 10 more points a game than Georgia did all year. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, man. They, so they're, see, seeing that happen to your team is interesting. It was, it was really interesting because you know, in the moment, I sound really down about it, and I guess that's just kind of how I'm feeling about it now. But in the moment, it was just like, oh no, holy shit! Like this is a whole different level of college football. Like I've seen some good Ohio State teams, and one or two where you kind of find yourself saying that. And that was that exact thing where you watch that defense and you're just like, well, shit, man. And then, and then Michigan shoots itself in the foot a few times, like on the opening drive, you're down seven zero. You need to match. You need to at least get points on the board and you go for the fourth and four. Eric all got open in the flat and Cade just missed him because he was pressured. And uh, you can't do that when you're playing that defense. So no. it, it was, it was really interesting to watch a football team that good. And, uh, but by the time it was like 14 to zero, you're like, Oh, okay. Like if Michigan doesn't do something on this drive, then I'm going to start to see how this is going to go. And then Michigan like goes three and out, or I think they got a first down or two and then kicked the ball away. And it was just like, man, it's going to be a long night. I have to say, again, wasn't like zeroed in and, and watching every bit of every drive, but it did not seem like Georgia was like, and it wasn't even like, it's the most frustrating where it's not like Georgia hit like a 60 yard bomb and you're like, okay, that was a two and a half minute drive. They hit us with a big play. Let's get the ball back and go. No, it, it was like, it, Georgia's like, here's seven minutes of us just hammering your ass. Well, they, we're going to get Georgia, we want. Georgia hit a chunk, few big plays. Chunk. Georgia so hit a few drives. It just felt no, like they were they were methodical, methodical because it was totally that thing where you know I'm coming off the Ohio State game and I'm like, okay, keep it between twenties, and then they hit like a really nice mm-hmm. play for a touchdown, and then Michigan moves it down and misses on a fourth and four or whatever, and then the same thing happens, and then on like I don't know if it was second or third down, but like it was a passing down. And they come out with a fucking trick play. And you're like, well, yeah, I guess when the five stars do the trick play, that's not going to go great for us. Um, and, and so, you know, it's just like at that point, it's 14-0. And you know where it's headed. I, I was optimistic until I think, like, not optimistic that they were going to win, but like that there was still technically a shot. Like that I've yeah. seen crazier things happen in sports until I think it was like 34. I think if we would, if we would have got a stop, there was a route back where like you could get three touchdowns with three 
two point conversions. I'm like going crazy at 10 p.m. on New Year's Eve. All my everybody around me is like having fun, and I'm just like, you know, if Michigan could score three straight times and make it on the two point conversion, we're in overtime. Yeah, but oh boy. I think but, you but, lasted longer than most. I think by half. Well, right, no, I mean, it out. wasn't serious. It was, I thought no, the game but, was over at like 17 0, but it was just like keeping myself entertained because what else was I going to think about it? But, but what? Am I going to turn the game off and not watch this team's no. last, last minutes? No, because this I, team deserves to be watched for every minute. They were so fun. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. You're bringing back memories for me, man. Like I, that same thing, like New Year's Eve, that Alabama game, mm-hmm. my, at the time, fiance, her friend was over, they're over there doing a puzzle. Like I sat and I watched every miserable down of that game. I did not get up from the couch. I watched every bit of that Alabama game. And, and it's like, I think he used the best way to describe it. Like that team earned me sticking mm-hmm. around. Like everyone on Twitter who likes to melt down and have their, fucking tantrum about oh i'm turning this off okay well if they didn't earn you know your attention span for one night after the 11 days of making you super happy throughout the year on those game days like then you really didn't deserve to get that happiness either like you gotta Uh you gotta stick it out through that uh that crap and getting punked in the playoffs is not a bad way to go (laughs) out of all the things that could happen you uh Getting punked in the playoffs is uh, that's okay. That's yeah, yeah. It, it and it happens more often than it doesn't, right? And that makes it feel better. So that's one thing I have on you is you guys were like in the second year of the existence of the playoff, and I guess mm-hmm. like Oregon kind of punked Florida State in the Rose Bowl the year prior, but it was still like a respectable yeah. score. So you guys were really the first ones to like have that happen. And so that probably made it feel a lot worse for you because yeah. for me, it was like, is, I think the other side of us was what that really entertaining Rose bowl with Oklahoma. Thing. No, that wasn't that year. That, that was, was a later a, year. Okay. I think Clemson beat somebody, but I don't think it was terrible. Like I, I think it was an okay game, but this one was that it wasn't. And then like, now we're at a point where like over half of the playoff semifinals have been blowouts, So it just kind of is what it is. Not a great look when Cincinnati shows up a little more than your guys, but you know, Cincinnati had a good squad this year too. I shouldn't be disrespecting them. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, well, was, you guys got a fun bowl game, though. I mean, yeah, that's about as fun as a bowl game can get when the top two players are sitting out. Top two players, and then the backup quarterback on one team is injured on his second drive. Like that was, yep. It was, and it was kind of ended up being, you know, not to not to see my own horn, not quite the crazy G five bowl of like four quarters of just madness, but it kind of ended up being like the perfect like fun bowl game when it's not your team but like you turn it on early and you're like ah okay this game's getting kind of sloggy i'm just gonna go do something else and you check your phone in the fourth quarter and it's kind of going off so you're like hmm, okay i'm about to go to bed but i'll put this on right before bed and you know finish this game out and that's exactly how the game went right like first quarter msu had one drive their first drive that they just get a short field off of a punt and score right away and then they don't score a touchdown for a very long time um but 
they would make a mad comeback in the fourth quarter. And yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty perfect like end of the season. I feel like you know, obviously, with knowing that you weren't going to have Kenneth Walker because you'd love to see him one last time. But uh, yeah, obviously, the end of the season. Yeah, and, and I think obviously a good into next year. Oh yeah, it, that's always fun for a bowl game. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not the playoff game. Is getting the glimpse into next year. If you're like a nerd like us, like obviously we'd all love to see Kenneth Walker and Kenny Pickett playing, but it does give us this window into the future, which is what college football fans are always obsessed with. Michigan was in a playoff situation, and journalists were getting like questions for their mailbags about the 2022 quarterback battle. So like that's that, that's how everybody thinks, and so that's why bowl games can be a good glimpse into that. And this one was, goddamn. Yeah, uh, I think like MSU perspective, it almost feels a little bit. Not saying like to to say that we're on like a different level as far as like talent wise here, but um, it feels like you're almost like an NFL team in a way of like because <laughs> Mel has used the portal so much you watch these games now and you're watching the bowl game and it's like, obviously signing day has already happened. So we're not thinking recruiting as in, you know, high school kids, but you're watching the game and you're like, okay, what's like the two to three free agents in the portal we're going to go after. And it's just, it's a totally different dynamic in a bowl than like what, what you grow up with where you're like, okay, this is the look for next year. And then signing day is going to happen, but that class is mostly locked up. Maybe there's a couple of kids we got to get, um, but really, like, this is all just kind of the precursor to what are we reading about in spring ball? But now with the portal, man, like, you're watching it and you're like, okay, running backs had a chance to maybe get a little bit of a lead on uh, on who's coming in from the portal and Jalen Berger, and they didn't show well. So now it's, well, that's going to be a competition, and maybe we get another running back out of the portal to really push these guys. So it's just kind of – it was really interesting. It was kind of like watching – you know, an, a late NHL like season game where you're like, okay, this just shows me what we need on free agency. Like, yeah, right. Gotta, I'm on, I'm on like cap friendly, and I'm sitting there like, or move, like, or even when the when the guy from the AHL is up for his nine game for his nine yeah, game stint, you know, you're you're getting a yeah. look at next year. So that that it, it, it was fun, a fun yeah. game too. I mean, a comeback like that is always memorable in a New Year's Six yeah. Bowl, nonetheless. I mean, that's, I it, even if there was only like. 10 people there. Sorry, yeah. I had to get it in. I'm not in a good mood. Oh, Sorry. Who, who, put Don, who put Don Thomas on my pod? Oh my <laughs> I just couldn't believe it when I saw the upper bowl wasn't being used at all. But I mean, I get it. Who wants to go to Atlanta around Christmas time to watch not the best players on your team? I get it. Yeah, I wouldn't it, have gone. It seemed like it seemed like the MSU, I mean, granted, MSU Twitter is a weird thing because, uh, you know, it's self-selecting there, but I was kind of shocked. I thought I would have seen more of a pit crowd just because they haven't, I don't think they've done a New Year's Six Bowl. Like this is their, they win the ACC. Like this is a big, big thing. And I know it's a little bit of a smaller school. It's like not as maybe big of an alumni base and everything, but I was kind of surprised. Um, It seemed pretty, uh, even though it wasn't full, it did seem one-sided. That one had more than the other. I would have thought pit would show better. so it's interesting that yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I will say because, if I'm gonna travel for a bowl game, it, and it's nothing against Atlanta, I, I just wanna like if I'm coming from a northern city, give me an outdoor game. Am I really gonna travel for mm-hmm. sitting inside of a dome? Like yeah. and that that, that it, to be fair, that 
I've heard from people that were there that stadium is amazing. Um, and like, obviously, like if I don't have a two-year-old and we're not in a pandemic, I definitely consider going to the Peach Bowl. <laughs> like I have the disposable income to do it. I would definitely consider it. Um, I'd love to get down to Atlanta, but at the same time, man, like I'll travel for the Rose Bowl in that scene. I'm not really jonesing to go sit in another corporate NFL yeah. <laughs> indoor building. You're right. Yeah, to play Pitt. <laughs> that, it's so interesting that you made the comment about Pitt's fan base because me and my brother were watching this game together, and um, we kids. went down two like years ago. Two years ago together, we went down to Ford Field to see Pitt play Eastern in the fucking Quick Lane Bowl, and so it's just funny. First of all, to be like, "Wow, Pitt went from the Quick Lane Bowl to a New Year's Six in two years," and Michigan State went from. Go like the pinstripe like good turnaround for both schools but like yeah. they showed out the pit fans in detroit at ford field to play eastern mm-hmm. and so i just can't believe that there weren't a ton down in atlanta yeah it was kind of surprising it looked like it was a lot of and again going off the espn feed that's going to give me a, a slanted view of just who they're showing but it yeah. seemed like it was a lot of like their their students and like younger alum mm-hmm. i didn't see nearly as much of like their what I would assume is like their typical like season ticket holders. And Although I, w- I will say that I may be misremembering this because showing out for the quick lane bowl, if they brought the same amount, I would not view that as showing out for the peach bowl. So I guess That's I true. should take that That's true. into account. Yeah. Uh, but within the game, like just to hit a couple of things on like within the game, I think from an MSC perspective, the, the part that I enjoyed is like, I came away saying, once again, Mel Tucker has talked about he wants certain things done, and he did it. Like, he talked about, okay, the secondary struggled, but it's because we don't get the pass rush home that the secondary is extra struggling. Well, you get five sacks. Granted, again, you have to put every caveat that it's a third-string quarterback that's in there. Um, But as Robert Griffin liked to say about 100 times in the broadcast, there was still a Bolitnikoff winner at wideout in that game. Um, so I don't care if it's a third string quarterback, he can still, if he can just throw a bubble screen, the guy could take it 60 yards like he did one time. So, um, yeah, I think it really showed like they definitely hit the pass rush in practices and in preparation for this bowl game. And I think that's just going to be, you know, as you look at, they've already brought in two linebackers. They brought in an SEC, uh, you know, defensive end out of the portal. Like that's going to be the thing for next year is the secondary is still going to be young. So, if we want to cover that up a little bit, the way to do that is you got to have a pass rush that just doesn't give a quarterback time to get these routes open. Um, and I think that's going to be, that's where it was kind of a cool window into like next year of like, because mm-hmm. I mean, outside of Jacob Panashuk and Drew Beasley, who, who played well, like a lot of the people that were getting the pass rush are back, including a converted running back, which again, just more of the Mel Tucker story is like having a running back get a sack in the peach bowl. Um, yeah yeah pretty yeah uh man mel tucker what an exciting second year uh for you guys (laughs) jesus i mean that couldn't have gone better literally actually i'm gonna say yeah you guys hit your peak this year yeah by results (laughs) and i think what by results i think you can always say like yeah we we would have obviously enjoyed uh a better result in Purdue and Ohio State and being in contention for the Rose Bowl or being in contention. Yeah, for... but you couldn't have hoped better for an 11-2 no, season but I, but with I think what, going but into I think it. What you, what I think you 
can say that has definitely that you cannot improve in any way is like the dude has nailed every PR thing that you need to nail and has nailed yep. 1000% like fan buy-in like the apathy from the end of D'Antonio which is like the hardest apathy to go through because you you hate where the program is at but you also feel so weird because that is the best it's been you're uh-huh. like well this guy gave me the best football I've ever seen it feels really weird to like call for his head I'm sure similar to what Michigan fans maybe feel at the end of Lloyd Carr right where you're just uh-huh. like maybe not so much the best because you have more yeah when I was nine years old stories. I was like this fucker needs to go <laughs> Right. So maybe, maybe because you do have a little bit more of a, a history at Michigan of like greater success, but, but at the same time, like to go from that apathy of D'Antonio to like then feeling almost sad that he's gone to then Mel Tucker. And then you go from, you miss on everyone's pick really for Luke Sickle. And you're like, well, I hope Mel Tucker works. Nailed it for the last two years. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's amazing watching. Like I've never seen a guy who, gets the CEO like marketing angle of, of of building this whole thing than he does. He's got still some things to prove of like in-game coaching and you know yeah I think we could still build a better staff and do things better if you really want to talk about being a playoff contender on like an Ohio State level. Right. Uh-huh. But but at the same time like he has nailed I similar to I mean Harbaugh nailed it at the beginning with you guys, right? Like all the videos oh and, yeah you know, and Harbaugh yeah. was fun. Yeah, like so it got kind of tough on him. <laughs> so I guess I guess we should just give the shout out right now then to the the friend of the podcast uh, article Nick Bumgardner wrote about Mel Tucker and Jim Harbaugh and the yin and the yang in this situation and how there's a potential here for for a beeline Izzo type rivalry. And right. he really outlines in that article that you point out um, the beginning of Harbaugh at Michigan looks so similar to the beginning of Mel Tucker at Michigan State. So I believe year three is where it starts to really fall off the wagon. So have fun with that. (laughs) What I can say Do you guys got John O'Corn coming in? Oh my God. No, yeah. No no transfer QB, thank God. And we aren't quote the the QB whisperer. I guess we could see if the secondary keeps struggling, we can say he's not the D B whisperer, right? But uh, but yeah, this is it's it's crazy to see and we do have the money now where it's paid like you, everyone likes to throw out harbaugh's money situation right so yeah it can certainly happen <laughs> so we'll see hey, man. It, it's been fun this year and, and you compare it to like you said i think on our other show what we were four and four and nine combined last year in football so oh you guys did get a second win didn't you Yes. Northwestern, yeah. yeah. We do yep. Northwestern. So four and big, nine. Big Ten yeah. West champion Northwestern. You know it. Yeah. So <laughs> what a bizarre turnaround. Uh, honestly. We had both winning eleven games. Like that's pretty uh yeah. pretty no, fantastic. I think both seasons literally went best case scenario. Uh it was never gonna get better than this. Maybe maybe the the loss in the semifinal goes a bit better in the best case scenario, but regardless. Uh real quick. Let's jump into some who's coming back, who's leaving talk, uh, and then we'll get into some basketball for rivalry week. Um, so we're, we're already on the theme of Michigan State, so let's let's stay with it. Yeah. I think the only, only big loss so far has been 
Jalen Naylor um, did declare for the draft, which a little weird. I don't think he's going to be high up draft boards. I think, but then at the same time, what I was telling people like who were kind of against him going was like, I kind of looked at it like the best asset he has is speed. I don't think there's anything he can work on to move up draft boards. He's kind of probably hit that ceiling. He's been here four years and, um, once you find out the next day that Jaden Reed is coming back, he probably knew Jaden Reed was coming back. So he's going to be coming back to be the second receiver. And he's had a lot of injuries, like go get paid, even if it's just practice squad money, that's yep. probably better than, than, than being at MSU as far as like income wise. So, so Jaden Reed coming back was huge. And then today Xavier Henderson coming back and Ronald Williams coming back. So Xavier was one, I think, I mean, you talk about that, post-game interview at Michigan, you know, against Michigan, it seemed like he was definitely gone, right? That was like a senior, I'm not coming back. Like, I get to not have to, like, worry about bulletin board. Like, I'm just a senior. Like, I'm done. So, it seems like he changed a lot in, like, the last month or so. So, you started to hear that he might come back, and I was like, oh, that would kind of shock me that he would. Um, But he did. So, the, the secondary at least gets a little bit probably the two best pieces of the secondary coming back on a secondary that did struggle, but at any time you can bring back pieces from the worst secondary in the country. Yeah. And that's not, a, I'm not just taking a snide comment because Michigan basically did that in 2020, yeah. their secondary was a disaster. And in 2021, they were mostly fine. So yeah. it, it could work out. Yeah. It can, as bad as it is, it can get worse when you think that the guys who couldn't start over who was there before are now starting. Right. So it's, you, you want to have a little bit of return, you know, on that secondary. And then, uh, and then there's a possibility of a high school recruit, but I'm not going to put it out there until it's done. Um, but, you know, could put us into the top 20. So, so Michigan though, I think the only thing I saw so far was David and Jalo. Ojabo was a big one. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ojabo, like, ever, everybody knew he was gone. So, yeah. uh, Ojabo, Hutchinson have officially announced. Haskins, I think, today officially announced. It's like, mm. it's weird. Like, all, this, all the seniors feel like they have to announce because of the COVID, COVID year because they, yeah. they could come back. But, like, yeah. um, Christopher Hinton was one of the big shocks for me. Um, he is a junior only, and he was a five-star. And... Uh, he never really lived up to that billing, and I think he could have as a senior, but he's choosing to go get his bag, uh, which can't begrudge him for. Uh, Dax Hill also confirmed today he is going to forego his senior season. That one I understand a little bit more. Uh, and I believe that's it. Question mark? Some, some lower down like transfers, which I think we both have had that, right? Like, oh, yes. So Michigan. Lower down transfers. I don't think anyone yeah. thinking of all the transfers from SU. The only Kyle Kane was a depth defensive end type guy. Um, Cam Allen, who was a freshman tight end, I really liked, but it seemed like he was pretty buried. So yeah, Michigan. So, uh, yeah, Michigan has had a shit ton of like. Uh, I think the only the, secondary the fun one, the fun numbers. one for our rivalry is Selden hitting the uh, portal. But, yeah, well, he's in this group that I was about to talk about. It's yeah. the secondary. It, because they had like 12 to 15 people in their secondary room and they're bringing in like a four man class next year. That's got a five star and several. So like this was always going to happen. I think George Johnson, Andre Selden, it is funny 
because Selden talked some shit after his dad mostly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, spice that up. Uh, so it's always funny when those guys transfer. I know that. So uh, yeah, yeah but... it's uh, but yeah, uh, lots of inconsequential stuff for Michigan outside of, but really the only shock so far has been hitting leaving and that does suck because the defensive line needs they had a lot of guys show out that are going to be here next year but obviously you're going to be missing that elite edge rushing which that makes everybody else look better so i'm a little bit worried about what it's going to look like next year but they could still hit the portal so well and as we saw as we saw in the uh michigan state game too especially with like those delay games like we know michigan likes to rotate at the defensive line so Mm -hmm. Even if it's not your headliner leaving, I mean, when you're rotating seven or eight, you need seven or eight strong guys. So even if you go down to which five to be guys fair, who are strong, it just messes that rotation. So to, it's still, to be it's fair, like like uh, Rashawn Benny, like he he didn't get much run this year, and you would expect him going from the freshman to sophomore jump for how high profile a recruit he is. He should be jumping in next year. And uh, it, it doesn't look too bleak, but if I were Michigan, I would definitely be looking in the portal. Um, but that's really it. Uh, is it time to move on to basketball? Not that I really want to, but. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think we've exhausted what we can out of Morgan, right? So. Oh God, yeah. Well, they were pretty big bowl games, but yes, we we definitely exhausted them trying to get all that football out before uh, we go to the winter I can, sports. I can't say. I mean, I I feel this way every year, but last year it was a little bit of exhaustion of like I need my room. Man, these eight months are gonna suck. I'm ready for football already to be back. Man, it's I can't wait. I I actually am like really excited about spring ball and then like the summer this year of just that anticipation for both our teams. Cause I think Michigan, we can just keep running that QB battle talk and, and everything the whole summer. And, and then MSU, it'll just be like, there's just so much coming in through the portal and everything that it's, it's going to be fun. Can't wait till, uh, can't wait till next year. We kick it back off again, but basketball buddy. Oh, uh, not going well folks for Michigan. Back, so back to being a football school. That's it's so insane how it happened, but either way, listen, it got me the basketball and football big 10 title in 2021. So it was all worth it. It was all worth it for our top five preseason team that everybody thought was going to be the team being absolutely fucking garbage. I shouldn't talk like that. That's rude. They're just, they haven't, they've not played well is what I should say. They have not played well let's let's do msu first though start with your your positive yeah. i mean although you yeah. say sloppy three games in a row i haven't watched them tell me what, what's been sloppy about them jeremy oh, man uh well last night you know just on the most recent to give you a feel so i mean the three games have been high point northwestern and nebraska, nebraska. High point, yeah you guys haven't played anybody good no and high point was the game that they had i think you know three two starters out with COVID with Max Christie and uh, Marcus Bynum out. Oh, I did so, not realize that both of those guys were out. That's, a, that's yeah, brutal, man. Yeah. Playing sports right now. Brutal. <laughs> so those two were out with, with positive COVID tests, but um, still 
it was just a sloppy game, like high point. It really they didn't really even separate more than six points pretty much the whole way through until like the last seven, eight minutes of the game. It just finally, finally high point like fell off. Um, so that was sloppy, but you know, whatever. It's it's a COVID game. Let it go. And then Northwestern, man, geez, they trailing at the half, need to make an insane comeback again to to win that game. And then last night. There was a, they were on pace right there, Brendan, last night for 40 turnovers because four minutes into the game, they had five. So it was just pure slop. Uh, they ended up, I think, at 19 or 20. Um, 19 or 20 turnovers, and A.J. Hogard himself had seven. So just not great. I mean, win games, so you're, you're still sitting there now. No losses in the Big Ten. Not that you've really played anyone, but uh, you know, in the top ten. But <laughs> don't worry, Michigan hasn't played anyone either, and they have some losses in the Big Ten. So. Uh, but but uh. the three the three games right now are not really making you feel as good as you were even a month ago. Um, as a whole unit, I would say there's been individual improvement. Max Christie now probably had his best game as a Spartan last night, twenty one points. I think he hit four threes. He was like four or five on threes or three or four. Um, super good night for him. Tyson Walker, he's been up and down. He was he was better last night. Gabe Brown was awesome last night. But then he balanced that out with Marcus Bingham had his worst game of the season last night. Um, really got pushed around by Nebraska. The guy, uh, Derek Walker, who was on him, scored 16 points, and Bingham just got benched a lot. So, um I think my confidence overall in the season maybe comes down a little bit just because of the last three games. But at the same time, uh, I think I'm feeling pretty secure. This team is probably like a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, the moving screen pod had a great stat where with where their two point shooting percentage is at right now, like there's only been a couple teams the last few years who have been even a top five seed with that percentage. So you're going to need, some improvement here to to hang where I know we're at a two seed right now, but again, they haven't played the meat of this conference yet. So um, that really starts, even though they're struggling, I still say that starts this weekend with Michigan, like seeing like where you can be with a top half-ish of the league team. Cause they haven't even had that. So. What are you even talking about? Michigan's not, I'm not even kidding. Can we quit? In terms of talent, in terms of talent on the floor, who cares? Top halfish? No, no, who cares? I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I don't mean Dude, to sound entitled. Howard fast I, in the arbor. No, well, I mean they've just been playing so poorly, and it, there's always the caveat, right? That college basketball is a sport with a lot of swings, a lot of highs and lows quick turnarounds and I'm not writing this team off. I will refuse to write this team off. They could, this team could stay really bad and they, they genuinely have the players where if a couple things happen, if Caleb Houston could hit threes and play defense at the level that we thought when he was recruited, if, if we could get a lot better point guard play, if maybe we could, get a little bit uh, less big with the lineup decisions, uh, maybe play people more of their natural positions. 
I, I think maybe this team could even like run off a series of games in the Big Ten tournament and auto bid themselves in, even if that's what they had to do. Like they have the talent for that. So I don't want to act like I'm being too sour on them. Jeremy, they just they haven't beaten a good team. And every team and they've lost to some bad ones. And so that makes you just be like, well, usually when this happens, it's because they're a bad team. <laughs> that uh that UCF loss kind of felt like the backbreaker. Like you have a chance, you're coming out of a break. You have this little window before you get back into Big Ten play. You're on the road, a team you you can beat, and you were winning at half. Um, and then that defensive effort in the second half. I know UCF hit everything, but like there's hitting everything, and then there's hitting everything because you're wide fucking open, and mm-hmm. there's hitting everything because they were wide fucking open. Yeah. And 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 again, it it was a different situation because the the time he did this before the game was kind of getting out of hand, but. I think Juwan Howard getting a technical in a four-point game on the road kind of shows you he's hitting that frustration point, too, of, like, I don't know how else to yeah. make you guys be yeah. where you should be and, at. And, yeah. He's just frustrated. And he's it's, a young coach. I mean, whatever. It happens. It, it's it's tough. They're going to they're gonna have a lot to work through. This year might just have to go down as a learning experience for the program under Juwan Howard. And right. if if that's what needs to happen, then that's fine because I think Juwan Howard's going to be here for a while. And mm-hmm. I think if he's going to be learning things, that's great because as we've seen with college sports in the transfer portal era, and now that younger players are contributing more, I guess that's always been a thing in basketball, but it's new in football. Like those things are making it so teams can have tremendous turnarounds as we've fucking seen in the football field so like i'm not and even there's a lot of michigan they hit on the portal great two years ago mm-hmm. right i mean yeah. they hit perfect and, on the portal and it didn't go as well this year with the with the combination of freshman yeah, and for sure portal for sure hit on it this year it is what yep. i mean and I, I've seen a lot of people talking about Juwan Howard, like being skeptical, and because a lot of the guys weren't his guys for the Big Ten title winning team. But I'm not there yet. I, I think we all saw the roster he put together and said this is a top five team in the country, and like it, it can be concerning that he hasn't gotten that out of them, but there is also a big chunk of that that has fallen on the players. For sure, because yeah, word out of Ann, word out of Ann Arbor is a lot of those freshmen walked in thinking that they were going to be the Fab Five, and so uh, they had, uh, it, and that should have been on Juwan to to nip that in the bud. But you know, it is what it is. From here on out, I just hope they can salvage it. That Rutgers game. I'm skeptical though. I'll say I, I agree with you. I am not skeptical of Juwan. I'm a little skeptical. Hunter Dickinson's been ass for a dude that should have carried this team this year. No, Not be, no. like his whole play is just, I think what I haven't liked, and this is one of my concerns, honestly, for MSU this weekend and a way that I think if they want to be successful against MSU, what they should try and get Hunter to do is I think he's just trying too much to show off to the NBA that he's got a mid-range game and he can do the things that he needs to for the NBA, and it, it ain't working. Uh, Jer, I, I hear you. Because that is what it looks like. But this to me just feels like 
the result of Michigan's complete lack of spacing because nobody's a three-point threat. Gotcha. And he just has no room. So you'd see last year, last year, if you wanted to double Hunter Dickinson, then you were leaving Franz Wagner or Isaiah Livers wide open for a three. And now if you want to double team him, okay, they're shooting like 30. I don't know what they're shooting. I shouldn't just throw a number out there, but it's not good. It's, it's not good from three. And that that's a big problem with Hunter. I think I, at first going into the year, I kind of thought it was on him. Maybe he got his too big a head after being big man on campus, but I, that's not what it feels like to me. It feels like a spacing and it also feel like he's not being set up very well. It doesn't feel like they can even get the ball into him enough as they should be. So okay. it's, it's a combination of things. Uh, they're, they're frustrating right now, but man, if they put it together, it's going to be fun. And we saw just last year with MSU, you, you texted me that the streak was over like, like in February About and, this time of year, <laughs> a little bit later, yeah. maybe than this time of year, but yeah. And that, and yeah. then you guys had, and then you guys beat like three top 10 teams in two weeks and you're in the tournament. So anything can happen. Going to keep my head up uh, in terms of this weekend. Uh, I can't really get too in depth of the matchup to the matchups because that's just not something I've given enough thought to because football has been crazy. But what I will say is that I am taking MSU no matter what the spread is. Uh, I've been beat twice now. I I did like what you did. Gosh, we didn't even talk about our brutal beat in that Northwestern game of our (laughs) alternate lines. Gabe Mm -hmm. Brown just dunked the ball and take the yelling. Yeah. We both were just, oh, it was right there for us. Um, You know, I've been hurt by MSU on the point total, so I'm going to let you let you make that proclamation but i think the only thing i had is just just looking at the way that bingham just struggled with Derek walker in nebraska like this this to me needs to be the game that you just tell hunter dickinson you know you said maybe it's not all his fault but at this point like you just tell him like i don't need you doing anything but just trying to pound down low that's all i want you to do tonight um i know it's harder because we don't have a three-point threat and things like that maybe but I just think like he needs to go at Marcus Bingham because right now Marcus Bingham is probably the most shaky I've seen him in this whole season, which has been a reclamation project for him. So, well, I mean that gives me hope. It would at least be nice. But also MSU has been shooting like forty percent from three this year, and Michigan tends to let teams have their best days from three against them. Um, yeah, so don't that Malik Hall open. He seems to be the dagger. That could go real poorly. You want to see something really funny? (laughs) So I was beautiful edit that you and basketball put out today. Shut up! I don't need. We don't. We have a packed show. We don't need to be bringing that up. (laughs) We. I I was looking for a line, and I just don't think one's out. Probably because nobody knows who's playing. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Michigan with their COVID situation and stuff like that. That makes a ton of sense. But I went to ESPN. And they think it's a 58% chance of a Michigan win. <laughs> That's insane. Do they have like a basketball version of the FPI that they love? In uh, Is that the, where that's coming from? Yeah, it's the Basketball Power Index. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I, I, which I think the FPI, my thing is like, it's so 
so heavy on recruiting and the ESPN recruiting is always ass anyways, and they use ESPN's uh, ranking. So there you go, Brendan, 58% chance. If that doesn't make you feel alive and well, I don't know how else well, to think it's here. Here's, here's what, what we we'll... could do, Brendan. Oh, gosh. We could, do. we could schedule you a game Friday at Chrysler and you could play it, but you got a lot of guys that have been sick. So what you do is you say that these guys are going to get a lot of minutes on Friday. You could just get the game Saturday. You can do it. The, the president, Ward Manual, is great at this. You could do that. <laughs> it's there. Well, I see. So for those who don't know, because if you don't follow college hockey, that probably got real confusing for a second. Um, that's a transition. Real quick, before we talk about this bullshit. Um <laughs> Let's each, since there is no line, let's each set a line for this game. Oof. Effectively, our prediction. Right. I'm going to take MSU minus seven is what I would set the line at. And yeah, then I'd take good. that. I'd take that, too. Yeah, I was in the neighborhood of, I think, I was probably thinking in the neighborhood five and a half, six and a half. So seven yeah. seems, you know, yeah. seems fair. Um, it's just really hard. I mean, coming off. You know, you asked me before the high point game, and I think my confidence was a little bit higher. Again, not that MSU has lost any of these three games, and really outside of the Northwestern game, they weren't really in any danger of actually losing to Nebraska or high point. But, um, yeah, just a lot of sloppy play to feel like – I feel confident in an MSU win. I will say that. Like, I feel, like, pretty confident that they're going to – especially if Michigan is still shorthanded as they may be. Um, you know, as far as bench depth and everything, I still feel confident to win, but I have no idea of like this team hitting and covering a line right now. Yeah, <laughs> with how the last three games have gone. Let's I, give me the over under on turnovers because I will smash that over. Well, you should do it in the whole game too because Michigan's been pretty turnover prone as well. Yeah, um, there we go. So that's what we need. Hey, you know, I'm going to be, I'll have been to Chrysler and Yost the next time we record. I'm going, uh, I'm going Sunday against UMass and then I got tickets for the game Tuesday against Purdue. That's going to get real ugly, but I wanted to see, I wanted to see Purdue in person. So I'm paying the price. Uh, That's the one you got to get though. That's the one that if you do have your MSU run in you, though, right where you, I mean, granted, MSU is a, is a top ten team right now, so that would that would be a part of that too. But, right, um, like you be Purdue, that gets you like right back into that tournament conversation. Like, right yeah, back. oh, for sure, yeah. It, the way, and also, like, I figured going to that game is a win-win because if I go and Purdue kicks our ass, like it is what it is. I just paid to see like mm-hmm. Zach Eady and Jaden Ivy play basketball. They're gonna play in the NBA for a long time, but if Michigan wins. Well, then we're cooking with gas in terms of in-game atmosphere. Yeah, buddy. That, that's yeah, buddy. all right. Let's talk about the shitty hockey thing. So last week, for those who don't know, I'll do a quick rundown. Michigan was supposed to play in the Great Lakes Invitational uh, Invitational Games. I don't know. Both Michigan showcase. Tech and Western Mich- Showcase. Yeah, both Western Michigan and Michigan Tech were scheduled to both play at Michigan and Michigan State on opposite days. And so uh, Michigan had five players gone from the World Juniors. And then uh, I do I do believe they had one or two 
uh, gone from COVID. I believe the last time we spoke about this, you said they didn't. I think they did have one or two, but they had a full lineup. So I'm not excusing this because they had. It was COVID, but I know during the week, um, they like had a right. It was something. The the goalie hadn't played yet. He ended up starting against Mm -hmm. Western, but um, and I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Brendan saved me. Tech. No, no, no. The goalie for Michigan. Oh, no, I know. You said against Western. I was just correcting. Oh, Michigan did not play Western, just to, to be yeah. clear. Yeah. Uh, are you? T- was it our starter? I didn't get to watch this yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, was it, is it Hayden Levine as a starter now? Or? Oh, buddy, that's you're pulling that's out a back. real old name. That's oh, from the Frozen Four year. Oh, Jesus. Uh, no, you're thinking of <laughs> – why am I blanking on it? It's, it to you. Oh, man, you did spread it to me. Um Man, I've been yelling his name. He's been their best player this year. Oh, my God. I almost just said Strauss, man. That was disgusting. Well, he's looking at the Olympics just to tie to Eric Portillo. Eric Portillo. I'm a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. I, if you listen, if you made it this far, tweet at me that I'm a piece of shit. Um, so, so, yeah, we haven't heard Eric Portillo had not skated all week. And then he was in the starting lineup. But it wasn't known when they had canceled the game with Western. If, uh, if for example, him and a couple other guys had not skated. Now, I don't know. They never cleared up. Was it they didn't skate due to positives or quarantine? Mm-hmm. It, it sounded like it was actually more like they weren't skating because of maybe muscle injuries or, you know, yeah. working through something yeah. or non-COVID flus. Because um, that, that was another thing I heard coming out of Michigan was that there was some non, non-COVID illnesses that were happening. So, yeah. so, yeah. so let me just – let's just get – to the point because Michigan dresses a full lineup against Michigan tech and then doesn't play the next night in a, in a game that somehow they didn't forfeit in the standings. This is the big thing. Western people are pissed that it wasn't a forfeit and it should have been probably. They are, but it wouldn't have, but it wouldn't have mattered, I guess, because in the past when teams have had to forfeit games for the pairwise, it doesn't make a difference. So well, regardless, I, I get their frustration. I'd be clowning a team online if they did this. And I I have clowned my own team online about this so because they deserve it. This was stupid, but it is what it is. I'm I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'll let you all make fun of me, and I'll take my lumps. Yeah, I think that's a good way to handle it. I think it was fun. It was honestly, like, really cool to see, like, it, the GLI used to be – back when they would actually invite the fourth team, you know, for those of you that don't know, it's always Michigan, Michigan Tech, and Michigan State. It's, that's always the three teams. Um, but, and Michigan Tech runs the tournament because it was started by their alumni. They used to do a really good job of, like, that fourth team used to be a showcase team, a BU, a BC, and North Dakota, back when they weren't in the same conference as us, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Like, it was, they got good teams as that fourth team. They haven't done that in, like, a decade plus. And it's just kind of turned into the Michigan tournament, like meaning states, state schools from Michigan and then mm. BG. BG is about as far as they go outside of the state of Michigan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just kind of brutal. It was kind of fun, man. Like you guys having that, like the whole college hockey country uh, kind of like did about GLI all of a sudden. It, just a clown on Michigan. So it was just kind of funny that, to see. Uh, it was a fun time online to be like a college hockey online person and see everyone kind of jumping in for a little bit there. So I'm glad you had fun with it. So the (laughs) 
landscape of the Big Ten. And then your boys played a 0-0 tie. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Yeah, I guess we should mention that. Um, Michigan had a 0-0 tie. I don't even know what MSU did in the GLI. What did they they do? Uh, 3-1 loss to Western. That was really, I think it was a 2-1 game with an empty header. Western is super good, so no shame in that. And and they were, that game they were in, I mean, they, their goaltender made three or four just like awesome stops. It really oh yeah, he does game. that. He ro- he robs you. It Rob sucks. And uh and then tech they, they won three to two in overtime. So nice. Uh, so a little bit of a, a split on the week. Okay. So Michigan finishes last. Great. All right. Now let's get to the, we haven't covered hockey all year. So let's let's just do a quick lay of the land in the Big Ten before we jump into this weekend series. Michigan leads, but only because of the games played. They are the only one with 12 games played. I believe everybody else is playing Big Ten hockey this weekend. Let me – not everybody, maybe. Oh, yeah. No, it is everybody except for us. So everybody else is playing Big Ten hockey, so that will even itself out. But Michigan is playing UMass. We'll get to that later. Michigan has 23 points. Minnesota could – overtake them this weekend if they sweep Michigan State. Now, Ohio State could catch them if they sweep Wisconsin. And then that's it. So that's kind of, I'll go down further. Notre Dame has 17 points. MSU is in fifth with 14 points. And they're pretty well clear of Wisconsin and Penn State with nine and eight in the basement. Wherever you're looking is a little bit off. Notre Dame has 16. Michigan State really? has 15. Yeah. Really? The College Hockey yeah. News. Fix your shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the Big Ten. So it's Michigan 23, Minnesota 19, Ohio State 18, Notre Dame 16, MSU 15. Then there's a big cliff, Wisconsin 9, Penn State 8. So Yeah. Well, look at you guys scrapped in a little separation. midfield battle. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of us and us. I mean, I know Minnesota is like attainable, but unless we sweep them this weekend, um, it looks like the you're going to have kind of three tiers. You're going to have Michigan and Minnesota, that top tier, as we expected preseason. Uh, that middle tier will be really Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Michigan State fighting it out. And then the bottom being Wisconsin and Penn State. And I got to be honest, I'm at the point right now where I think we're better than Notre Dame. So I'm willing to say we'll be a top four team at this point because hell yeah uh, man hey and that gets you a home playoff series home playoff series so oh. i think i think they do unless Notre dame has one of these typical jeff jackson like they just lock it down and get enough points here in the second half of the year and end up pitching like third yeah um, I, I feel like we can catch them because we've already played in south bend so the last next time we play them we'll be at home i like it man i like hey. being able to and beat them out good, and we still good. play wisconsin and penn state twice so. and they have to play, uh, and Notre Dame has to play Michigan at home, and the home team has yeah. lost like the last ten game straight <laughs> that series. So, <laughs> so, so that's even better for you guys. Um, if Minnesota could just be involved in this midfield scrap, so you, we can just ignore Beneers and uh, Power and all those guys leaving for like a month, uh, that'd be great. Honestly, yeah. honestly. This is unfair. <laughs> Can I, we're going to segue into the Olympics right now. 
Uh, this is bullshit. Wow. NHL, two months ago, NHL players were going to go to the Olympics. And it seemed pretty secure that that was about to happen. Yep. Now they're not. And now Michigan, in the year they have four out of the top five picks from the last draft, is going to lose their number one overall pick defenseman, their number two overall pick center, uh, plus potentially two more players in Thomas Bordalo and uh, Kent Johnson. Jeremy, why? Why well, has this got to happen? It is. It is bullshit. Uh, it really Thank sucks. Because I, I got to admit, even with NHL players there, I'm just not big into the Olympics. It's just not big for me. Um, it, I'm it's not co-signing on this take, folks. I'm not it, co-signing on it. It's fine. It's, it's whatever. I, I'm not, and I'll be honest. Okay, so here's the other thing. I'm not big on the Olympics when it's in a time zone that I can't fucking watch it anyways. Which True. Is this year. True. Like you, if you could just have it be the year that we're in Vancouver every year, like yeah, that was a. And I was also in college, and I could just fuck around all day and watch every single game. Like yeah, I would love that. Now, I'm even with the NHLers going. Like I was gonna see the games that were on, that were the U.S. games, and then the ones that are on like the weekend. Like that was gonna be it. And it was gonna yep. be. If an MSU basketball game is on, I'm going to watch that over the hockey one. But, you know what I mean? Like, that's just – that's the way it is with me with the Olympics. I'm not huge into it. But uh, you really suck that it's going to tank college hockey. It's not just going to be Michigan. It's going to tank – Oh, it's – Minnesota's, Minnesota's probably going to lose three guys to the U.S. Uh, oh, shit, and, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so, it's – the playing field has been leveled. We're still going for the Big Ten title then. Let's go. I'm yeah, happy about and, uh, that. And I have the sad news that <laughs> – He's in that Drew DeRitter is in consideration for like the third goalie spot, so which would ruin MSC's. I mean, I'd be happy for Drew, but man, that just sucks to like level the playing field. Come on, everybody's got to lose some players. Oh, we're not catching you. Oh, we're not catching you. We're looking at just trying to get a first round. Oh, no, Jeremy, don't be mistaken. This is this is out of spite. Oh, it is. I just want to see Drew play, man, because. We don't get too much luck to him, and we're going to lose him. For I know. Season, I maybe. get it. Trust me. I get it. Like, come on. But, I... Yeah, but Michigan so far, you got to see what Canada decides. But, yeah, I've, it's not looking good. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw Minnesota right now. I one, Either one projection. I think it was somebody's projection, like Scott Wheeler or maybe just Chris Peters had a projection. But it had three guys from Minnesota going. It had Meyer, um, Myers. I want to say I had Brzezinski going and Nice. I think we're the three. So, I mean, there's three gone right there, Brandon. And and you get payback if you play Western in the NCAA tournament. I mean, he'll be back. But Ethan Frank might be going from Western. Like, it's going to be – it sucks. They're ruining – and it just sucks. And now we have COVID cancellations. It's, I'm just – I'm sad. College hockey was really fun this Me year. Me too, man. Most, Sorry. The most national attention all year. Sorry for all the sad boy good. vibes this episode, everybody. That's that's on us. We should have spread out the sad. Uh, um, but did you see that Strauss Mann is going to be the goalie for the U.S.? So I did. That made me so happy. Time, yeah. 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 Well, hopefully yeah. he's he's so good that they don't take your guy. Well, 
Uh, but man, I'd love to see Strauss man repping the red, white, and blue. That would be so cool. He, he deserves been, it. He, he, he's, he's playing in Sweden. He's going to be like the number one. Like he is without a doubt going to be on that roster. I think he's actually one that they already confirmed. Yeah, man. Maybe they, so. maybe he shows out and parlays it into a fucking NHL deal. Like it, it, could. it could happen. To be honest, so. if it wasn't for taking the college kids, I actually enjoyed that Olympics where it had a bunch of like, the euro guys like that was fine with me like i i'm fine with that do that i'll i'll, I'll we'll we'll debate that sometime because i love the olympics when it's best on best but let's let's finish up by talking about this weekend now let's just get michigan umass out of the way umass is dealing with some covid stuff and like yeah, like it really might not. I know you said like everything we talk about is kind of tentative, and it is. But this one, like there were rumors early in the week swirling that this these might not be played. So fingers crossed. I have tickets for the Sunday game. Uh, but obviously, UMass, big-time program, you- defending national champions, top 10 you- team. What? You made it far in the week, which is good. Yes. You made it far in the week because a lot of the college ones that have already been canceled were canceled on like Monday. Gotcha. So the Ivy schools that are super strict. Like I know, honestly, like Dartmouth had their series canceled with somebody. Um, Omaha canceled their series with somebody this weekend, but they were all, I want to say Monday or Tuesday. So at this point, like I, I was nervous most of the week and now I've gotten to like, at this point, I know Minnesota's on campus and they're checked into their hotel. I'd be pretty surprised if they don't play MSU this weekend. Then again, I say that last year I saw the Wisconsin bus on campus right before they canceled the series. So I know it's happened before, but they were a little bit more strict last year. Right. So we'll yeah. see what happens. But um, I mean, if you made it this far, granted you guys don't play till Sunday. So I think if you can make it through like tomorrow, I feel pretty good. Yeah. That you guys are going to have your series, which I hope happens. Cause that's a great series, man. Like, oh yeah. And our, all the world junior kids are back. Right. I mean, yeah, they should be back. Yeah, I don't that's know what if I was thinking. The, Even if they had to do a quarantine, they'd be out by their 10 yeah, days. Yeah, because CDC thing is five days now. So, yeah, they should be yeah, back. And five days CDC. So, yeah, that should be yeah. an excellent series, man. For those who don't follow college hockey, if you've made it this far into the college hockey segment, I commend you. Um, is that a – Let that me tell you about uh, – Yeah, I believe – let me look. I believe they're both some sort of ESPN or ESPN – I think ESPNU for both of them. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to – Got to plug, we are past football season. So both MSU games this weekend against Minnesota, if you are looking to watch some college hockey. And, Brandon, you don't have your boys playing. Friday, Saturday, both are on Big Ten Network. So mm-hmm. I think Big Ten Network might be nice. doing their double header because we play Minnesota at 6.30 tomorrow. So I'm assuming they're going to do the, like, 6.30, 8.30 double header thing that they like to do. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, well, man, good luck. You guys need to take some points out of Minnesota. That would be great, actually. Tomorrow Um, night's tonight, I think it happens. They haven't played since December 4th. I mean, they played the U.S. team in St. Thomas last weekend, but they haven't played a real series. And so guess what? Michigan has the entire series on TV as well. So mm-hmm. you they play UMass at 5 p.m. Saturday. That's going to be right after the hoops game. Oh, sorry. Um, I thought it was a Sunday series. Or oh, then you're good, Brandon. If they haven't canceled yet, you're good. And that's a big – well, it's a Saturday-Sunday. It's two games. I feel and confident, so, though. Yeah, good. 
that makes me feel better. They play Saturday at five on Big Ten Network, and then Sunday at four on ESPNU. So, yeah, watch some college hockey this weekend, folks. That's your homework uh, from the House Divided podcast. Is watch at least one of your respective teams' games this weekend. I hope they win Sunday because I'll be there. They're one and zero on the season when I was there, so let's let's get it to two and zero. And, uh, you know, let's just hope everybody has fun Saturday in the rivalry game. You know, as long as everybody has a good time, as long as most people in that building, you know, have a good time, like like 90%, then I think it'll be a good day. Brendan, it's just like sex with Rick Pitino. We're all going to get a little bit of cardio. We're all going to leave a little bit satisfied. <laughs>